Hi there, everybody. Welcome to episode 140-something, I can't remember, of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? Very sorry we were not with you last week. Uh, there was just no one available, and it would have just been me talking to you about games, and that would have been very, very boring for you, I know. But we are back together once again, and boy, have we got a lot of games to talk about. Joining me this week is Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. Hello, sir. How on earth are you? Okay, this is like, what, twice in a month? I know, it's crazy. Mm. I have my Sunday nights back now, but then we don't always record on Sundays anymore. No. I think it was also because I <laughs> used to train back in Taunton on Sunday nights, and I couldn't make them. So Monday was also a training night, so I couldn't do either. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, last week was just a disaster for everyone. So it was, uh, yeah, it's no biggie. But you're good though, otherwise? Good. Spent the weekend in London. Um, I went to go and see Jackass. I went with my lady friend, so it wasn't like by myself. I went to go and see the new Jackass, and it was good. Oh, cool. Very enjoyable. Still the same gross-out level of comedy. You know, they always do. And we also went to Lost Boys Pizza again, which is amazing. It's in Camden. It's a pizza place aimed around, like, the Lost Boys, the old 80s film, and the 80s mm-hmm. horror and all that kind of stuff. And the 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 bonus... Bonus? Um... The, the gimmick they've got there is all their charcoal... Uh, I can't even talk tonight. All their pizza bases have got, like, charcoal in them. So you've got black dough pizza. Oh, okay. It's great, but it also says on the menu, black pizza equals black poop. I was wondering why the pizza in your photo of this looked, looked like it was burnt. green. And I was like, why does it look green? But it's black, and now I it's understand. black dough. Yeah, obviously it's got, um, uh, like, dough tracing, so it looks lighter in some bits. But yeah, the actual... Like base, you bite into it and it's black. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Tastes better for all the charcoal. Oh no, it doesn't take. It doesn't make any difference to the taste. It's just literally coloured based pizza. Yeah, so it's a cosmetic. Oh, totally. Yeah, but they're tasty nice. as fuck pizzas. Cool. I shall go there next time I'm in London, though. Yeah. For Sounds all the good. times that you don't like going to London. Yeah, I have no plans to go to London, but whenever <laughs> I'm there next, I will hit that spot. Um, you've heard his voice already, but here we go. Mr. Toby Anderson. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, sir. Welcome back to the pod. Thank you very much. I How you doing? I'm the same as Greg. I've managed two in a month. That's yeah. uh, not bad, is it? <laughs> Pretty amazing, uh, considering the uh, the month you've had. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I've had, uh, for, for reader's benefit or listener's benefit, rather, I've had uh, COVID. So we've had quite an interesting month in our house, um, what with a baby and then both parents getting COVID and it's been a bit fun, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to be back, though. I'm feeling feeling good. I don't feel terrible anymore, which is nice. Did you get more or less gaming in over COVID time? I think, uh, well, because I wasn't going to work, I think I got a little bit more in. Yeah. Yeah, just a little. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's good then. With a baby, you don't get a whole lot of extra. The, the days are, they have a certain rhythm to them. Like, I can get gaming in in the evening when he's gone to bed. And that sure. is it. Sure. Fair enough. Hi, Mr. Miles Thompson. Hello again, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I tested positive for COVID today, so I'm the latest to <laughs> go down. I know. I'd literally, like, the last two weeks, I think I'd had, like, a dozen close shaves where I probably should have got it and didn't. And I was like, ah, oh, I'll do a test today. And then, lo and behold, it came up positive, And I was like, God damn it, I was so close to almost getting How- away with it. How is it that of all of us, I mean, Ross is now in that field of work. How is it in the two and a half, two years of COVID, I've never had it yet. I've like literally had to log roll 
COVID patients, but you guys who like, have been working from home has had it. Like, <laughs> I've managed to get away with it for two years though, and never had I, I any any case now. so far. Yeah, maybe that's it now. Maybe you've like we're gonna all pass I think Omicron. It it's just because it's Omicron. It's just so much more transmissible, um, and everyone's relaxing everything, and suddenly you get it. Yeah, mm. can confirm. But luckily, I don't feel too shit yet, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> so yeah, far, cool. I'll speak to you tomorrow and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. How's uh, how's Cat? <laughs> She is currently asleep. <laughs> um, so she's, yeah, she's had it much harder than fingers crossed so far. I've had it. Um, so, yeah, she's sleeping away, but she's on the mend now. She's getting there slowly. Good. Yeah. I would say, Kat's we wish you well, Cat. Cat's not here because of COVID. So, um, yes. yeah, wishing you well, Cat, of course, indeed. Um, rather than we would kick off, of course, with our game of the week and quizzes and stuff. We're not doing any of that this week because we got games to talk about. We'll just go straight into it. And of course, the first one that we're going to talk about is that from software indie game called Elden Ring. <laughs> now, I know uh, we haven't had a massive amount of time to jump on it so far, but I know Greg and Mars have been playing it. So we're going to go to them for their early impressions so far so uh greg you're you're not muted so i'm gonna start with you oh what? yeah i'm not muted um sorry so yeah. far how are you doing with elden ring well i only managed to get half an hour in on friday uh mm-hmm. before i had to go to london so it was good i mean it's the scene I, I can't spoil it because i don't even know really what's going on but the opening intro is it's it's just pure dark souls you know like here here are the elder gods they've all fallen out had a bit of a barney and you are an undead and off you go. I mean, I know there's more to it than that. There's, there's finer points to it, but it's basically the gist of it. You're an unknown soldier. You pick your class, you pick how you look and off you go. Um, so start of the game. Uh, there is a made to lose enemy that you lose against, die, and then you get given your powers of healing and all that kind of jazz. And then you get set out into the open world. And it looks amazing. It looks... Well, I mean, it doesn't look as graphically amazing as like Horizon does or Death Stranding or whatever, but for a next generation from software game, it looks good because it is their first next gen one. Because Sekiro came out 2019. Yeah. And you're playing uh, on PS5? I am playing on PS5, yes. Cool. And I got the PS5 version. So it's not like the boosted PS4 one or whatever. It's the, the PS5 version, which came with a free patch, not a game patch. I mean, like an actual woven patch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and, so I've uh, heard yeah. that the um, the PS4 version running on PS5 is actually better than the PS5 version. Oh, really? Yeah. Wasn't that true of another game? Uh, oh, Last Guardian with the actual disc-based PS4 version. Oh, okay. Runs at 60 than the downloadable one that's on the free plus collection. Right. Yeah, very weird. Um, yeah. yeah, so I stepped out into the open world. You speak to a guy and he's like, oh, fair tarnished. Because they're always, they're always English in Souls games. They just yes. are. They're either like proper down and out, like right, you've come round here, you undead person, and or oh, I don't like you, or it's all posh and you know, like oh, you need to go and meet a maiden, or you haven't got a maiden, <laughs> so go to go to the castle forsooth, and it sets you on you know points of direction. And the first bo- uh, enemy that I saw was some guy in golden armor on horseback, and he fucking trounced me. You know, like, an enemy's tough when they get a health bar, like, that fills the bottom of the screen. Sure. It was that. And I was like, oh, cool. Cheers, then. So I <laughs> I spawned, and I went to the right and beat some bats up. That was Friday. And then when I got home today from my weekend away, I played about another half an hour before I had to come onto the pod. And I've just been 
was grinding away, got some souls up, not souls there. Um, oh, this is how much attention I've been paying to the game. They're not souls, but you know what I mean? That the, you kill currency. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, yeah, I was feeling pretty good. And then I went a bit further on to the east and then I got absolutely smushed. So I've just lost two and a half thousand souls. Mm. Yeah, which is probably at low level. It's probably a couple of levels that I've just lost. Right. And then I had a soak. I saved it. And then I came here and sat on my laptop. <laughs> it's going well. It sounds yeah. very soulsy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very soulsy. <laughs> this is it. Like people are like, it's, it's getting all the praise and all this kind of stuff. But people forget it is still a from software game. It's not going to hold your hand just because it's in an open world doesn't mean it's going to make it any easier. Mm. Would you compare it to uh, the Souls games or Bloodborne or Sekiro? Souls. Which one is it most like? Souls. Souls. It's got the same sort of stocky dodge rolling as that. It, that's the only thing I can think of. Parrying. Uh, there is that shield parrying, double-handed weapon switching. Okay, that but more like Dark Souls parrying. Okay, cool. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's not as parry. It's not as like not Sekiro, like Sekiro so. parrying. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, I mean, it, it could. It, there could be an option or a class for that, or a weapon style for that. But I'm that early in that I haven't. I, could, I couldn't tell you if it was there or not. Because hmm. I've been watching some uh, some streams of it, um, debating whether or not going back and forth in my mind, going. Is this the right time to jump into the Souls games? But just you and three million other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like maybe this is the one because this me- is it. Everyone's yeah. like ten out of ten, ten out of ten, ten out of ten. Should I jump into this Should one? I? Even though I hated the last ten games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it's not like I hated them. I just didn't play them, you know. And so it's like maybe it's FOMO. I really don't know. But is it? It looks like from Software One Hundred and One. Yeah, it's that template they've had and they they've molded and they know what they're doing like you know ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing um i I, i'm not in enough to know you know what's better or improved on it or not or you know i haven't got my horse yet and i found some of those like air boost things that you can double jump your horse on i haven't found any i found one of those i'm like oh yeah i can't use that yet because i haven't got a horse so i haven't been able to explore things yet i don't know how to get my horse i might have just missed a really obvious thing like people miss uh, and Bloodborne, for example, people miss um, picking up the beckoning bell because it's like right there on the steps of the place at the start when you die. But it's not as obvious because you've got to talk to like a little ghouly thing on the floor. Some people miss that. So I might have missed how to get my horse or it's not going to come until I've done something story wise. I, I don't know yet. So. OK, I mean, a double I jumping horse is like 10 out of 10 anyway, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm obviously I'm seeing comparisons to you know Breath of the World, Dark Souls, that kind of thing, just because it's open world. You know, like every game was a Grand Theft Auto clone, and now this yeah. is a Breath of the Wild clone, and it's all that shit. And it's just like, just let's 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 think of original things to call something rather than a clone of Zelda. You know, I feel like the Zelda one is just such a weird thing to compare it to. Like Dark Dark Souls games have just had nev- nothing to do with. Zelda. And anything anything like open Zelda. world now is... I know, is it's just, that's all they mean is it's open breath. world. Yeah, but, but you know... But you Zelda just... is about, like, a lot of other stuff. Yeah, but things never used to be called Ocarina of Time clones, did they? Because they were no. open world. No, exactly. It's oh, a very okay. odd thing to do. Like, if I think of Breath of the World, I think of, like, you know, cel-shaded graphics or... I think it's fucking boring. Or, 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 or like, that freedom of movement that you can do with the puzzling in there. there there's not, none of that in Elden Ring. It's not, it's not the kind of thing that... I would compare it to no it's because it's open world and that's because yeah. the, it's the latest template open world game isn't it to, to call something i don't Does know it feel... be more likely to call it you know open world like compare it to horizon than or god mm. of war or something you know or god, yeah 
Because like the Souls games and Bloodborne and whatnot have been very linear, does it yeah. th- th- does the open world really feel all that different to those games? Or um, I don't really know yet because I have not really explored very much. Like, sure, I've done some exploring in the open worlds. Uh, we're talking in the last what, what times now? Yeah, in the last uh, hour and a half, I've just I've done a little bit of exploring, and I was running to the east, but the map wasn't uncovering, so it's i might need to buy a map from someone or um i need to find a way of unlocking the map i don't know so i can't really draw any comparisons to oh it plays like this or it plays like that because i've not hit anything that's reminded me of those games or of that style of game yeah that's fair to me it plays like open world dark souls Mm, okay and that's not that's not effectively what it is though (laughs) yeah that's that's not a derogation of it it's just that's how it plays uh, let's bring Mars in because Mars, you've have you assuming you've played more than an hour. I've played nine hours. It's been quite interesting yeah, listening to this conversation plan out. <laughs> Why did you jump in, man? Jesus you, yeah. what, if, if, if you're just going to now, I will correct I've you just, both. <laughs> no, I've just been quite enjoying it because everything you've just asked the questions in. I had. No, it's just because everything you've asked all the questions things. I had, and I didn't want to like jump in and like ruin stuff because I think it's like. It is souls, and well, I think a big five minutes of talking shit. Out the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, some of your like things about it are quite valid because it's what a lot of people are going to feel jumping in because it's like a lot of the questions you asked, like about the horse. I didn't have a fucking clue either for the first like hour of my playtime, and I was like, "What is going on?" Um, but I feel like I didn't want to jump in because loads of people love souls for discovering this stuff on their own. Uh, okay. And so I didn't want to come in and be like, oh, you actually have to do this, this, and this. And you're like, fucking brilliant. Thanks. No, no if I get stuck, I'll be texting you later on and Slack going, my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's souls. And I think you're, the answer to your question, Toby, is like Greg said, it, it's souls. It's not Sekiro. It's not Bloodborne. You can play it a little bit more like Bloodborne, maybe than all the Souls games, because um, it is a bit quicker and <clears throat> you can get a few more moves and stuff. So you can play it a bit more like Bloodborne, but you can't play it like Sekiro. Um, if you try and parry like Sekiro, you're just going to get thumped. Like I've tried parrying a few times and I've been thoroughly curb stomped every time I've tried to do it. Um, but I've always sucked at parrying in Souls. I could, yeah, exactly. I could never get parrying done in Dark Souls. It's, it's weird it. hitboxes. It's can't really strange. Me and Miles were talking about parrying on Dark Souls, weren't we, just the other day? Yeah. The final, the final boss on Dark Souls 1, <laughs> I literally parried him to death. Was, yeah, yeah. It was the only way to beat him, and I parried him five times and killed him. It was yeah. awesome. He is. <laughs> it's the only enemy I'd parried like almost the entire game. And yeah, he's like the easiest one to parry as well, because like, yeah. I couldn't parry anyone. There's a massive like window to parry him in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, carry on. That's all right. Um, so yeah, in terms of the open world, it's not... The thing is, I remember we had this conversation of like, is it going to be an easier Dark Souls? Or, you know, they were talking about it being more accessible and people were going to be like, oh, it's going to be, you know, easier. They're listening to communities who want it to be. It's not. It's not easier. I can 100% guarantee you this game is fucking brutal. Like, I have beaten two of the main story bosses so far. And both of them have absolutely torn me apart. Like... It's like Genichiro style from Sekiro. Like you come up against them and you're like, fuck, how am I ever going to do this? Um, Because the idea of this game is it's simultaneously brutal. Like I'm getting the impression that all of the main story stuff is where they've crammed all of the best, most challenging parts in and everything in the open world that is there for you to kind of discover and find on your own and side quests and mini bosses is all there to 
basically allow you to have a bit more fun in terms of they're a bit easier. A lot of the mini bosses I've encountered have been much easier to take down. They've got more obvious kind of cues. They've got stricter combo styles, that kind of thing, which make them a lot more accessible. And I've had a play around with some of the new mechanics. So I don't know if you guys saw it but in like the trailers and the build up. They talked about, you know, you can like summon in like spectral like ghosts of like wolves or soldiers or whatever to help you in fights. And the best one, I, I'd never thought this is a sentence I'd say, but this game has the best jellyfish in all of gaming because this spectral jellyfish is a tank. It can tank damage. It can tank anything and it will just help you out immensely in like really tough fights. Um, so those are pretty cool. And the summoning system's also been changed. So you can't just summon in an, uh, a friend at will. You have to have an item and you have to use it and then find someone to summon in. They're pretty easy to gather after a bit of playtime, but the initial starting out, you don't really get them. So you kind of have to figure your own way out. And so everything's kind of designed around this idea of like, if you just go on the main story path, you're going to get your ass handed to you. And then there's just, there's no way you're going to be able to progress it unless you're really, really good at this game. Um, so it kind of encourages to go, okay, clearly I'm smashing my head against the wall, go out into the world, find mini bosses, find items, find weapons, and then come back and face it once you're stronger. And I think it's created this really nice loop of, you know, I talked about, I think it was a couple of pods ago where I said, you know, it's accessible in the sense that you don't have to play in one style anymore. You can go out into the open world, find a bunch of different stuff, figure out what works for you, and then come back and face whatever the challenge is, what you've got now. And it's really nice how that works. Um, I switched up my style a couple of times for the bosses that I've encountered, and it's been nice to see, like, you have options available to you. Like, if you want to be, like, Toby, you want to go in and just parry the shit out of them, you actually can do that. You just have to practice. Or you can, like... I haven't seen magic be as viable before, where now you can call in like spectral beings, you can use spells, you can heal like your allies in fights and stuff. So it becomes like a real proper build that you can use. And the whole thing just feels quite streamlined. Like I found a lot more NPCs, their quest lines are a bit easier to keep track of and to keep going with compared to previous ones where like I'd miss a person and then they die and I'd be like, wicked, that's cool. I've always um, found that the From Software quests are impossible to follow. Like honestly, you, you miss some random guy on some <laughs> random window in a Bloodborne yeah. street and that's the end of that quest. Yeah, it's they're gone. gone. Never more. I, I found I only completed like two or three sub quests by the end of the game. It was ridiculous. I don't think I did any in Bloodborne. Like genuinely, I played that game so blind because it was my first Souls. And, and we were talking, what were we talking about? The Onion Knight guy. Very yeah. <laughs> easy to get, very easy to get on the wrong side of him on your average Dark Souls playthrough. Yeah. And sometimes like the choice seems obvious, then you make it and then they turn aggro and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. What did I do wrong? Because um, it's also so it's, like. The so these ones are easier to follow because this is more. Is it more like, more like story based? Is it a bit more like Sekiro had a bit of a story to it? not so far it feels very soul story <laughs> like it's all very law based it's all very cryptic and vague oh. and people talk in riddles and none of it so makes that the, much sense but greg like, and i've discussed this for a long time like this, this is what puts me off them sometimes because i've played them but it, it puts me off that there's just no real like the plot like 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 greg described you get you get dumped there there's <laughs> all these there's all these terrible bosses around and they go you're a tarnished here's a sword yeah and you just that's it you just off like it implies that you want to explore and you want to go and kill these bosses. You could just fuck around and do nothing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's no, it seems to fail for me to, to give you that impetus to, to go somewhere. I need a plot to do that. I, that's why I liked Sekiro so much more. It had that sort of, you know, you want to go and save this little kid and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I think Sekiro was the most kind of story focused of oh, them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
This one does have a bit of story I'm kind of half keeping track of, but it's going to be one of those where I'll get to the end, just like Bloodborne, I'll get to the end, I'll be like, I have no idea what the fuck I've been doing this whole time, but I've done something. Um, this one's quite clear of like, you're supposed to go and find these runes, bosses have the runes, you've got to go find the bosses, kill them to get the runes, and then presumably you'll become like an Elden Lord or something like that. Um, and then there'll probably be a choice at the end of how, you're, how you want it to pan out. Um, but yeah, if you're coming into it for story, like the characters still talk in cryptic riddles, like all the time like none of them really make much sense but a lot of them are like quite close to where their objectives are so like as you go up like one of the starting parts this isn't a spoiler really but your first objective is to like go to a castle and mess up some dude um and on the way you'll come across like this lady and she'll be like oh if you spot this in the castle then then just pass them this thing on or whatever um and so i was like oh okay cool and then i found a thing and i was like oh that's obviously for her so i went back to her and then i was like so i think it's become a bit easier to keep track of people and like i'm not sure how it's gonna work yet because obviously in previous souls games certain story beats would then move the entire world forward so npcs would move around or their quests would end or progress or whatever and so far like i said i've done a little bit of the story already but like it doesn't seem to have hindered me engaging with any NPCs yet. So I wonder if they've made it a bit easier to not fuck up the quest lines and lose that person forever. Um, so, yeah, I think story wise, it's OK, but it is it's more like Souls than Sekiro. Um, the world is gorgeous. Um, once you do get your horse and you get to actually roam around and explore, like it's really cool. There are some really diverse areas and there was a, a proper nope moment where like I found this thing and it teleported me to an area that was clearly way above where I should be. And like I walked out into this place and it gave me a proper Bloodborne vibe. And I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm going to fuck right off because this is going to destroy me. Um, so I feel like the nice thing of the open world is that it's very cleverly designed to show you like, this is an area that's going to be a late game area. You shouldn't be here right now, but go at it if you want. Um, so it's quite well done, like visually and artistically. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm having a really good time just roaming around and finding stuff. And there's loads of like organic interactions and enemies that crop up and the day night cycle will switch around where enemies are and what types of enemies you'll find, what items you can find. And it's really dense. Like the map is huge, but what's really impressive about it is like, you'll go to like a place, like a cliffside and you'll find a cave and then you'll go down into like these catacombs. And then there'll be like three or four layers of catacombs that you can explore and find loads of items. And at the end, there'll be a mini boss. And then you'll get teleported back out and you think, Jesus, I just spent like an hour in there and, you know, I haven't actually moved any of the map. Like that was just one singular place. Um, so I think there's going to be like probably upwards of 30, 40 hours worth of content easy, like just to clear it and do like quite a lot of it. And then, you know, if you do repeat playthroughs for endings, you know, you're looking at about hundred hours easy. Um, yeah, my impressions are very, very good. And I've not had any of the problems I've played on performance mode. It's been really stable, really good. Um, yeah, I've been really impressed so far, but if you're going into this thinking it's going to be easier, I would actually say this is story-wise in terms of the main bosses, these are probably the two hardest opening bosses of a Souls game, like quite easily. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy Souls to get into. I think you might want to start somewhere else if you are thinking. No, bollocks. Roscoe, what do you reckon? <laughs> I did, no, like, I wondered about you, Ross, because I was like, oh, he was tempted to jump in here, but that first boss is savage, man. I get paid tomorrow and I was like, right, tomorrow is Elden Ring Day. It's going to be sweet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to fucking do this. <laughs> but uh, now you're like, uh, is there a cheat for infinite health? 
not that I've discovered. <laughs> infinite lives, know. infinite ammo. We need a game like shark. We need, we need the modelment. <laughs> we do need a game shark, shark, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the only thing you can really do is you can you can farm yourself up to a high level, but then eventually the enemies and bosses will start scaling to your level anyway. So it doesn't oh, serve fair. you that well. So unfair, where, man. Where would you where would you recommend, Miles, that someone started if they were going to start in Souls? Because we've discussed this Cobain. before. I know we've. That's why I was, I'm not going to say Cobain, <laughs> but now you said it. Um, <laughs> what's Miles's opinion and what's Greg's opinion of where to start? You know, from software or, or Souls like. Um, what is an easy one for people to get into? I wouldn't say any of them are an easy one to get into, but I no, think maybe not easy in difficulty, but like easy to get into. If you see, I, mean. I would actually say Dark Souls Three is probably the most approachable, simply because it was when they finally got over the idea that you didn't have to run for ten minutes to get to a fucking boss every time you died to it. Um, so I'd say that one, and because it's faster pace and it's a bit of a mix of Bloodborne and Souls, so you've got a bit more variation. Um, and I found Dark Souls Three opening wise a lot easier than i found elden ring which is interesting because i played every other souls game coming into elden ring and i played a couple before going into dark souls 3 or most of them um yeah i'd probably say dark souls 3 or bloodborne because they teach you like how to be aggressive and then from there you can win most fights i think Hmm. Hmm. i think i'd agree with dark souls 3 it was it, it was the one that had like the most interesting first bosses yeah and and it's faster like slightly faster than dark souls one and two definitely it felt so like bloodborne was, like channeled that. into it slightly wasn't it yeah and it came out almost exactly the same time as bloodborne and so it has that similar like level of polish yeah that's good yeah i've noticed that uh demons demon souls is currently on sale for the first time no oh, <laughs> oh, do, do not, not start do that, that. yeah that's that's this week we keep saying <laughs> don't start with that oh man <laughs> it, it took me four times of starting demon souls to actually play it through i tried it on I ps3 three times and then it only took when i got the remake with the ps5 that i actually played it through and finished yeah, it. that one's and even that... more brutal than elden ring the thing yeah. is Demon's it's, souls pro, it's proto hard. dark souls it's yeah before they refined anything so it's just even the remake unfair. does the remake keep all of that yeah yes. i fucking hated it i gave i don't no i didn't sell it to you did i toby i no, got not rid me. of it i got rid of it because it was pissing me off yeah <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing was like you would literally have to run for like five ten minutes through like shit tons of enemies through an no entire level points. to get back to the boss that's what pissed me off about it of that's not fun if i've already beaten the level to get to the boss i've shown i can do that i don't need to do that yeah, again i hated it um, I, I gave up on that and there was a couple of bosses who were just like this isn't even fun yeah like there's like, no challenge like here that. just there you go, <laughs> don't don't start with demon souls no demon <laughs> souls is a hard no god damn it i blame Eva wilson it looks like <laughs> yeah, Demon Souls remake looks incredible. I've been watching her play through these Souls games on Eurogamer, and she absolutely slays them. She makes them look so fucking easy. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I could do that. I could just parry and block and stuff. How hard can it be? Yeah. Everyone's like, uh, no, because she just she just sells through them, and she put like eighty hours into Elden Ring in two days because they got they got code like two days before the fucking embargo. So it was you've, got, like, you've got to watch someone play. Genichiro, the one that we keep referencing from Sekiro, but watch them, watch the, watch the. Well, you can call it Sekiro, like a normal Westerner. Sekiro, <laughs> Sekiro. I, I was actually in. I was, I was walking I've through. Japan, um, so I say things properly. No, no. I was, I was walking through Sainsbury's <laughs> the other day and listened to two people talking about games, and they managed to say "Ghost of Shima" and then "Sekiro," and I was like "Sekiro." Sekiro. Sekiro. Thing about the hips, not like, I literally, you know. I was so close to stopping and going, "You fucking like slapping!" Oh, mate, you'd have been. How oh, dare you? I'd imagine if they're listening that. to this Actually. and they're like, "Shit!" That was us. 
Actually, you're pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> actually, actually. <laughs> Tip, tips for Dora. Well, what Game. I was going to say is you should watch someone go through Janichiro from mm. all of the times it took them. Like it took me like fifty attempts. It took me yeah. six months because I traded the fucking game in. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. Much. This is what I mean. Like took, took I would say, you gotta literally get to the point where you can rid like muscle memory. The battle, in, in, in my to, opinion. To answer your Ridiculous. question, I'd say if you wanted a starting point, I would actually say start with Sekiro because it, you can. there's more platforming involved in it and you can actually sneak around and stuff like that. And it's probably got better combat because you can block and parry easily with your sword. I think I think of all the, the, the From ones to start on, I'd probably say Sekiro. Yeah. It's definitely fun. I'd say like the first half of the mm. first, well, basically up until Genichiro, I would say yeah, Sekiro is probably that was the make and break point for a lot of people. Yeah, isn't it? This is it. he's only he's only technically like the third boss. Yeah, mm. he's like he's yeah. actually earlier in than you think he is, but yeah. um, yeah, he's he's brutal. I think I'll just stick to running around Forbidden West and taking my machines <laughs> for now. Stick to your but... Sonic. Stick to your Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> left, left to right, jump, boop, boop, got the rings. Stick to your bug snacks. Yeah, <laughs> my happy place. What's funny um, as well about Elden Ring is you can't even really get carried because if you can't like get far enough in to get the item to summon friends in, you can't even get help. Like you just have to fucking suffer. Miles, we had a plan. <laughs> I know. I literally was playing I it. And I was if like, that plan oh, was ever going to work. You can't just you can't just summon people at will anymore. You actually have to have an item, and you can only get that item in certain ways. I've seen people who have been complaining to From Software about that. And, yeah, because uh, that'll do, isn't it? Just, remember that saying, um, saying I can't, I can't, I can't get my friend in. I can't get my friend. Again. What you do? It's, it's all broken. It's like, <laughs> and from software literally said it's not broken. It you need a thing. thing. It's a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. we've changed it. Now laughs to make laughs it in from software. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because you have to make everything difficult. But uh, good. I mean, I'm glad it's living up to expectations. At least that's. Mm. Um, is it, it? Do you think it's worthy of? Mark, do you think it's worthy of the insane Metacritic score it's currently at? Um, I think I think I was really surprised about this because I know that particularly for critics the souls have always been a little bit polarizing because of the difficulty aspect and whatnot and because of its like obtuse storytelling but from what I've played so far I would say it's sitting at like a nine to a ten for me but like Mm. I've played every souls game I've platinumed a couple of them like I really enjoy them it feels like a souls game like but with a nice few twists wrapped into it and like the addition of like mini bosses that are a bit easier and stuff i really like and the world is really gorgeous like i really enjoy like the artistic direction of it all and i still haven't even uncovered like the outer reaches of the map yet i've only done like the central section and a bit of east and north Mm. um but like just the diversity and enemy types like fighting on horseback is like completely different like completely changes the mechanics um there's just subtle things that like souls veterans will appreciate and i think that's why it's doing so well is because it takes the formula and just makes really nice iterations on top of it which are just really really good so i'm thoroughly enjoying it i've not had any of the technical problems other people have had either i should mention as well um i've had a tiny bit of screen tearing but other than that it's it's been really really solid so yeah i've been really enjoying it excellent excellent that's really really good news so that's uh, elden ring also we missed a very big release last week which was, of course, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I'm going to go to Toby on this one. Toby, in your COVID state, I assume you, it was nice to see Aloy and a bit of sunshine. <laughs> I'd kind of just getting over COVID as that came out, and I was like, yeah, I can get some time in on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've put in about 35 hours into um, Forbidden West Damn. at this point. 
Yeah, um, I, I get a couple hours at the end of each day with with my boy when he goes to sleep. And if you if you're careful and you keep him asleep and you feed him at the right times, you can you can maximize that to about three and a half hours. It's like live lessons yep. there, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, perfect. <laughs> so uh, you know, you can imagine what 10, 11, 12 days of that, and I've managed to to put put in thirty five hours. Um, it's amazing. Uh, who I don't know. Is it Ross? You're the only other one who's played it, or is Miles um, played it as well? I know Greg hasn't. I've played it. Yeah, I um I've just got the hang glider, so I'm way behind you, I'd imagine. Okay. But uh, yeah. I'll try and be spoiler, non-spoilerific, if you see what I mean. Um, That'd be lovely. Thank you. So, <laughs> so yeah, so 35 hours in, I mean, I I totally was wanting to play both of these games, but, it, you know, if one's going to come out a week beforehand, it gets it gets dibs in my book, and then I'll have to concentrate on that for three or four weeks and then go into the one. I've hardly scratched the surface in 35 hours. That is my main takeaway. I'm on, I'm on something like 20% completion in 35 hours and that makes me think it's gonna run to like 100 hours without any real problem um the map is insanely huge you start in this place which is called like the daunt and it's like a little tiny kicky bit off the side of a map and if you if you sort of you, you go onto your map screen and you're looking at the daunt and you're like oh this is great there's loads of places to explore lots of stuff to do in the daunt it's really quite crammed with stuff and then you get out of the daunt and the map is like oh shit there's like <laughs> it's like it's like how many earths fit into jupiter you know how many daunts fit into the rest of this map oh like a hundred which is ridiculous so yeah and i'm now exploring the rest of the map and just going oh the daunt was absolutely nothing it was literally nothing compared to the rest of the size of this thing um i've i've opened up you know the main first area and i'm onto the main second area i think there may be four areas i can't i can't say for sure because i haven't opened them up yet Obviously, if you've played um, Horizon Zero Dawn, you know you get like your tall necks and you open up your map and you know you'll you'll find a way through once the main story missions are, are complete. But yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, the storyline is great. I think I had a just a really fun time just sort of organising this little thing called an embassy at the beginning, which doesn't really spoil anything. It's just a it's just an organisation of a particular event, and then you you move on. There's a a wonderful moment at the beginning that Roscoe, you probably have have done. You, you sort of go down this great big ravine on a on a pulley elevator, and just the the graphic, oh the, the, the distance yeah. drawn across the Ooh. valley is just insane. I was just like just swirling my camera around, going, "That is the biggest canyon I've ever been down <laughs> in a video game," and it's just gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I was quite impressed with that. And then from there onwards, you just everything you zoom into is like the, down to the pores on her skin and then you zoom out down uh, out to the yeah, out to the biggest vista you can think of and it's it's beautiful no matter what level you're at in any at any particular time the machines are so incredibly intricate the people are so incredibly intricate their face paints and stuff just like you can literally see the different brush strokes on things and mm. it, it's just mental it's the most beautiful game i've ever played um, and that is, you know, it shows the power of the PS5 quite, quite considerably. I, and we're only in like year one or year two, whatever it is. So it's, you know, there could be games that just dwarf that by the time we get to, you know, like seven years into a console cycle, um, which is an incredible thought. The, I think my, my, my absolute favorite takeaway, I think is, is when you, you, you're, you're 
just exploring because you, you, you've, you've done a recent main quest and you're like, I don't want to move on to the next main quest straight, straight away. You just explore some stuff and you know go from campfire to campfire and look around a bit and you'll encounter a new machine. And it's every time you encounter that new machine and you'd scan it and you find all the little bits on it that can be blown off or that bit explodes and that bit is like... Um, you know, a tank of this that will explode or, you know, this bit will come off and then I can use that on my, on my next bow. And the, the, the level of, I just think, and the game itself, I think sold the original one, sold it on, sold it to me on the fact that those enemies were just so interesting because of that mechanic, the fact that you can knock bits off and then you can take their gun and you can shoot them back with it, and you can harvest. Never gets old, does it? It's just such an intricate and incredible system. And mm. it's like, how, how many other games can you think of that you can actually knock parts off and use them and harvest them? And so it just doesn't. It, there may be one or two examples, but there's just not very many like it. So it's, it feels very um, unique in that respect. So yeah, just, I, I've encountered these little like lizardy gecko-looking things with great big fat tails full of like tank that explodes and they're a lot of fun to um to go against Gregor remember back in the day when we used to hunt bellowbacks where they're great big tanks that you just just a you know uh, like yes. a, a sniper arrow. and then bam it's like a sniper arrow across from some some distant <laughs> distant forest and then this bellowback goes bam <laughs> it's so satisfying um so yeah those are my impressions in 35 hours it is just amazing how are you finding it Roscoe? Um, I'm loving it. It's ev- it's just everything I wanted it to be. It's absolutely beautiful to look at, as you said. Um, fighting the enemies doesn't get old. It just doesn't. When you can take, like you said, taking off the sections one by one, it's just so much fun every time because you're you're so intricate with it and you're so tight about it. There was, I was doing a uh, so precise, a con- isn't it? Exactly that. Yeah, I was doing a contract earlier today, and I had to get some antennas off a scrapper. And it was just like, it's just so much fun. I had to get three and I ended up getting like seven because I was just having so much fun taking these antennas of these guys and them not seeing me because they lost hiding in the red grass and stuff. And I think the voiceover work is some of the best I've ever heard. Not just Aloy, but everyone. The entire cast is fantastic. Oh, they've kind of shot them. You know, like you go on like Mass Effect and they, they're all just standing still, aren't they? They're just talking to each other. And it's just still faces they've they've shot these encounters like every single encounter has like gesticulating limbs and cameras moving around and people walking off and coming back in and so it's like it's been cinema directed like every single yeah. encounter even if you're just talking to some randomer about a rumor on the map they've all been done like this it's really incredible yeah and i'm yeah i'm loving it so far like i said i'm very early i just haven't had time to really sit down with it i've got a few days off this week so i'm gonna go hard on it later on this week so next week i'll be like well let me tell you about my 75 hours in horizon <laughs> Forbidden west but um yeah so far it's uh just just glorious and you know i'm i'm, I'm enjoying the, the the outfits changing i know that's a yeah. weird thing to say but yeah um going to a new shop and finding a new outfit for aloy is really fun um been able to upgrade it up uh, everything is upgradable and that's what i love about it um you could you pick up so much along the way don't you if you just like hit your focus you'll find something to pick up and all of that can go towards upgrading your outfits or your weapons or your ammunition. And it's great. And Aloy's a bit more sarcastic in this one, I would say. A bit more confident, a bit more sure of herself. And she has some uh, she has some uh, pretty fun uh, dialogues with, with certain characters. 
that uh, goes, wow, Aloy, you're getting a bit uh, getting a bit cocky and sarcastic these days. Um, so that's that's always fun to listen to. And Ashley Birch, obviously, doing a great job. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I have I haven't got a huge amount to talk about because I haven't got too far into it. But I love hang gliding. I love jumping off things. I'm forgetting I have a hang glider. That's fun. And you just land in water. <laughs> oh yeah, I get a I get a hang glider down there. I don't feel like yeah. yeah I I don't remember that I've got a hang glider half the time. I don't think to myself, oh, I could just glide down from this mountain. I think, how do I climb down again? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got the uh, the the little help on that kind of shows me how you can go up certain rocks and certain mountains and things like that. So I might turn that off soon because it does it does take you out of it a little bit. I think, but so far so good. Um, yeah, it's great. It will keep me very much occupied while I. Well, well, now I don't play Elden Ring. <laughs> no, I won't play Elden Ring. I will just play this now for the rest of time. Um, I had some thoughts, of course, from Sean and Kat, who have both been playing it a fair bit as well. They wanted to get their thoughts in. Uh, Sean Davies says, quote, Forbidden West isn't perfect, but for the most part, it's a design phenomenon. Everything about this game feels like it has been designed with giving the player the best possible experience. The best example of this is Aloy Soundbites, as she talks to herself and the player. She constantly communicates things that are a lot of games just don't bother with. It's not just the obvious stuff either. Head down an air vent past where a collectible is and she'll say dead end, for example. So many open world games are happy to let the players waste their time exploring empty corners of the world. Forbidden West actively works to keep you in the best and most interesting parts of it. The soundtrack is amazing. I agree. Especially the, the chorus. No spoilers. Do you know what that means, Toby? Uh, Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I can describe no, it in any no. way. Without we'll talk about it another day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about halfway through the game now, and the story is intriguing. It certainly isn't going in any of the directions I expected it to. If you watch the trailers and thought, I know what this is about, you're probably off the mark. I'm very intrigued in where it's heading, and I'm looking forward to finishing it. End quote. That was Mr. Sean Davies. And Kat says, First of all, let me say what a stroke of bad luck that I'm not able to be there for the post-release pod hype week of Horizon. So here's some words from afar. We've waited so long and it completely meets and exceeds expectations. The fact that I was only eight hours in and only 5% through the game is just something of a spectacle. Visually, the game is like no other. It's absolutely gorgeous. Every fine detail has been accounted for and it's hard to argue that Gorilla have not achieved a massive feat with the art here. There's lots to do and you can see the expansion from Zero Dawn. More skill trees, the hang glider and many more ways to encounter puzzles. That looks as if there's boatloads to collect and missions are plenty. The game is not one that is done in a day. Yeah, you got that right. Saying that, there is some stuff from Zero Dawn that I do already miss. Aloy's ability to whistle was a big help and seems a weird takeout considering a lot of focus is placed on stealth in battle. Also something that's more just annoying is they've appeared to have taken out the ability to recognize who spotted you or may be aware of you. You get the indication, but not the particular machine or soldier, which is incredibly annoying when you throw rocks or you run into a field and you're unsure where the yellow alert is coming from. However, the more I get into the game, the more I say, wow. The more the story opens, the more infatuated I become with every aspect. I'm now 16 hours in and a whole new story has developed. This game feels never ending and I love every second. It has everything, mostly, that I love from the first game and then so much more on top. 100% worth the wait. The review bombing makes me sad, although this game isn't 100% perfect. It's fucking damn near close. End quote. Cat. Uh, Tobes, did you find that with the combat? Do you find that you're missing the whistle or missing certain uh, machines that may have spotted you that you haven't spotted? See, I, I barely remembered the whistle, actually, so I'm not missing that. And, mm, okay. um, but the, the second one, yeah, the you can get a red alert or a yellow alert, and you 
you have to kind of look through about four or five machines to work out which ones actually scoped you you know it, it that's a little annoying it, it used i think it used to have like a marker above them or something like it used to say which one it was um so that is a strange omission but i think i think i'm kind of used to it i just you know i i mean i i'm aware enough of my combat now after 35 hours to know who has found me because i can see yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> do, you know, do you know what i mean i'm not i'm not getting found by random machines very often yeah, I think in the first one they had the yellow circle above their heads, and then it filled yeah. up red, didn't it? There is that, that circle is there, but it's like like Kat says, it's not really defined to one machine. It's like defined mm. just it's to you. You you've been discovered, but it could be any machine around you. And and one one thing I'd add is that it's it's quite hard to get out of combat again, right? So I've tried sure. to save because I've got to go and find you know got to go and deal with the baby, and I'm like I can't get out of combat. I have to run like another couple of hundred miles a couple of hundred meters at least to get out of combat and you can you can be doing something you could die and reload and it still thinks you're in combat and i was yeah. like mm, yeah that's not helping <laughs> um one thing i did want to ask is i haven't found any cauldrons yet i found Should one I just... cauldron in the in the second you know in like the first big area after the dawns oh okay there is one cauldron in that area for sure right okay i need to find but one because I mean, it probably took, yeah, like 15 to 20 hours to find it. Hmm, because she keeps mentioning it. She's like, I should find a cauldron and learn how to yeah. override those machines. Yeah, I'm like, she where is it? it. <laughs> there, there's probably a cauldron around here. And you're like, well, where is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, I would, I would say in terms of what Sean was saying about the story, like it does go in a direction I wasn't expecting. And it goes very science fiction. There's been a few people saying like, if you like sci-fi, then that's cool. But mm. if you are expecting it to be all tribal stuff it really is not there is some very heavy like like physics based science fiction in there as well like light years and all sorts yeah i can't wait i can't wait to get deep into it I'm really excited um all right well that is horizon forbidden west i'm sure we've been talking about this and elden ring a whole lot more on the pod in the weeks to come um but we have been off uh, for a couple of weeks so i thought we'd talk about well and anything else that we've been playing in that time um greg Gonna bring you back in. Hey man, <laughs> feels like it's been a while. Um, anything else you've been playing the last couple of weeks other than Elden Ring that you can that you want to talk about? Sorry, I fell asleep. Oh uh, <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> uh, I played and reviewed Martha is Dead. Ah yes. Which is the latest hot button horror title that's causing controversy. Or the controversy is over because they've edited it on On uh, PlayStation, yeah. On PlayStation. Yeah. Weird they didn't do the other formats. Uh, basically, it, my review came out. I, I, I need to clarify, if anyone's read my review, and I put about the story being a bit meh, um, and I put that I couldn't progress in the game. But it wasn't a game-breaking bug that was like going to warrant a 0 out of 10, this is unplayable. I was trying to get more done the day before Embargo, and... I I mean it's true to my review it was it was being a pain in the ass like it kept saying answer the phone but because I'd cut the phone line for a prior mission it wasn't letting me progress so I I thought fuck it because it auto saves at the start of each chapter so I started again and I managed to progress but this is after my review came out so I then went on to uh, carry on with the story and some of the stuff that I listed in my review that was gross it gets worse like some of the stuff in there it does deal with some sensitive topics like self-harm um abuse 
and stuff like that. But, and this isn't me making light of it or anything like that. It it's done in such an over the top way that it's like almost drawing the wrong kind of attention to it. Does that make any sense? I'm trying to tiptoe around the issue. Yeah, like, but it, is it handled well, I guess, is the question. No. Okay. Sensitively, I suppose. Is it handled, no. like, gratuitously? Yes. Um. Oh, uh, are you guys ever going to play it? No. Oh, don't worry about spoiling it for us. No, then. yeah. Uh, okay. I, don't know I, was, about, uh, I don't I mean, know about listeners. <laughs> uh, well, if you don't want the game spoiled, um, uh, skip, like, a couple of minutes of me talking. I'm not going to go into too much overtly gross detail about the story, but it's going to spoil some later things. Um, you have to cut open your sister's stomach. Your dead sister's stomach. And it's like, all right, cool. again, they've taken out the interactive element, but you go down to the family crypt just to prove something and you take a pair of scissors to her stomach. And it's like, oh, cool. Did it really need to happen? Um, there's another scene that was doing the rounds because it's quite early on where all the streamers were, you know, all the faux outrage and that kind of stuff where in a dream you carve your sister's face off. Uh, well, you know, carve it off. You, you carve around it to peel the face off. Um, and like I said in my review, I'm kind of desensitized to these kind of things because of my working background. But I can see how people would look at it and go, Ugh. and obviously, again, you've got the streamers overreacting and freaking out. And it's just like, you know, the, the Five Nights at Freddy's over the top style thing. Um, but that's the, that's the obvious examples of shock and awe and, you know, like roll up, roll up, come and see how much we can push the boundaries of poor taste kind of thing in gaming. But there is a a scene later on where you're playing with puppets. Uh, it's like a puppet show and it's clear the character you're playing is having some sort of regression and, these puppets then start acting out scenes from a childhood and it's obviously a weird thing going on because no one would have crafted the puppet of the mum who is a bit snooker loopy boiling your pet dog and then feeding it to you um so that was like okay why Yikes. how much are they putting into the story to make you know um but there's a bit where uh Martha not Martha the other one Julia the mum she the, the mum just goes nuts at her it, it's a horrible scene of like childhood to, uh not the not torture um uh what's the word child abuse oh abuse neglect yeah oh. and that kind of thing and, and abuse yeah yeah um the mum takes the cane to Martha and hits the, like the, the the puppet like hits the puppet and then the puppet falls down where like a head wound was stitched on and then the mouth is stitched up and it's like oh hang on Martha's the deaf and dumb one. Who am I playing in this game now? And it all goes a bit weird. And in the ending, I couldn't make head, I couldn't make full sense of it the first time around. And I'm like, hang on, is there multiple endings to this? It's, it's, oh, it got so like, so over the top with it all. I was just like, what was going on? I think I was, I was sort of running a commentary in the Slack going like, oh, it's getting a bit weird. Oh, it's getting a bit weird. Oh, I don't know what's going on. And there is a depiction of suicide in it, but it's um, it's quite tame compared to the rest of it. Yeah, it's just it was a weird mm. one. So 
You're That's... really not not convincing me to want to play it. <laughs> I was going to say, was it like actually worth playing, or was it just no? Like, it's, unnecessarily it, it, it tells a good. It tells in a way. It tells tell a good story when you kind of get your head around most of it. But by the, like the third act, it's all a bit like, oh, okay, hang on, lots of blackouts and regression and unreliable narrator kind of stuff. I think I can give it a very wide berth. Yeah. Quite happily. Yeah. I mean, I not for the. For the sake of a better word, I quite enjoyed when I had that Suicide of Rachel Foster because that was a good game with a grounded plot to it. Yeah, that was quite interesting. That when I played mm. that as well, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, that was that was grounded, and although it was a bit grim towards the end, um, it made sense. Whereas yeah. I did finally finish Martha's Dead, and I kind of went, "Oh, that was bleak." I don't really know what happened, but I don't want to go through and see if there was another ending to it. It's so controversy, like controversy generating. For, for that sake isn't it yes in many ways um so yeah that's been my other game that's been my time this week not a pleasant one but i just wanted to sort of expound on my review because i didn't want people thinking oh i've only played like four or five chapters couldn't be asked it's just I, because of time constraints i had to write what i'd played in my review and then i went back to it and finished it and went oh hmm yeah it's like watching. It's like playing the video game equivalent of <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. You feel a bit. You feel a bit grim afterwards. Like, nice. Oh, I don't want to do that again. Fair, fair. Yeah, it's. It was interesting watching you kind of uh, share with the Slack your <laughs> impressions of it as it went on. It was like, oh, that was. Oh, I've got to that bit now that they were moaning about on stream. That was grim. Oh my god, it just got so much worse. <laughs> it was like all these yeah. little moments. I mean, like I said. It, I wouldn't have an issue with the interactive element of cutting a face off. I yeah. mean, you, that that taken out of context sounds great. I wouldn't have an issue with cutting a face off. No. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering why Greg is desensitized to this, is because he spent you know a good portion of his life cutting off people's faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, the NHS saw that I was pretty handy with a blade and gave me a job in theaters. Britain, ladies and gentlemen, what yeah. do you want? <laughs> it was that or the mortuary. Um, <laughs> Work experience in the mortuary. No, um, like I said, I wouldn't have... I, I've played gross games. Like I said in my review, for some reason, I end up reviewing a lot of the first-person horror games, even though it's not my favourite genre, because um, the rest of you are all pussies. Um, it's true. Yeah, so... I get the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I'd have no problem with doing the interactive element of that, but I can see why people would be a bit like, oh, I'm, I'm carving a corpse's face off. But, yeah, the scissors to the stomach thing was a bit like, oh, Really? Come on, game. Mm. I think didn't need more than what it had, I guess. Because like the cutting face off is probably the baseline, isn't it? Did it? Have I think to because go because that? that was so early on, that's what got that baited hook for people straight away. That's why all the streamers have probably played the first. It does happen in the first ten minutes. Mm. Um, and in terms of gameplay, the stomach cutting bit and the other stuff was about it's only like a six seven hour game. Yeah, like I said, at least I made you know what you're getting into. If ten minutes in, you're cutting someone's face off. Yeah, in a dream. Oh, some of the other stuff was pretty grim, like drowning babies and stuff. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Pass. Yeah. Pass on this. Pass on that and Elden Ring. Thanks, man. You helped me out a lot tonight. Help me out a lot tonight. <laughs> Saving your money. <laughs> I think that's all. Well, yeah. I think that's all I can really sort of say about it. So, if anyone's got a nicer, happier game they've played this week, now is the time to jump in. Uh, Tobes, have you got anything else you've been playing this last two weeks other than, <laughs> other than Horizon I'm and Requiem for a Dream? Requiem <laughs> for a Dream, cutting out babies and stuff. Uh, yeah, I've been. I finished off Persona Five Strikers. Oh, see, that's a happy jolly game. 
<laughs> Some of it is. It's colourful, um, at least. <laughs> it's de- it's definitely colourful. It's, it's, it's got like a lot. Football game. But yeah, it does. It sounds too much like Mario. <laughs> <characters. laughs> you yeah. thinking it's the Persona team playing football? Yep. I could have. I could have. If if I had been asked to explain what I thought the game was without seeing any of it, that's what I would have gone with as well. Um, it's a sequel to Persona Five. Um, and the royal parts of uh, of that that came out again uh, a year or two ago. Basically, it's like um Persona Five, but with a Musu. Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors style battle system um, where you're literally slaying hundreds and hundreds of Persona and, and monster creatures instead of, you know, a couple in turn-based battles. The storyline's been written by exactly the same team as the previous game and it's fantastic. And the Musu mode battle system fits all right. It's It it, get, it starts off and you feel like this is really weird, but you, you definitely get into it. And, you, and it's a very easy battle system to sort of just, I think, I think in a way you can sort of take the piss and cheese it very very easily like i got to the point where i was just using weaknesses over and over and over and over again i could get through a boss so as long as i had one of each different type of weakness you know you know or, or um element or whatever you could cheese your way through anything um so i, I wouldn't say the battle system was that great but the storyline's cool it is a little dark in places you are trying to change the hearts of criminals and people who are taking over the um the towns and cities with you know sort of mind control based magic and um and weird technological apps that that control people's desires and things so it does get a bit dark in places but nowhere dark like what greg's just been talking about um it's more just sort of like that person shouldn't have treated all these people like that let's change their heart and then they're all back to normal and everyone's okay again you know so uh mm. in that respect it's it, it's it's quite nice and, it, and it's um cathartic it's got a good cathartic feel to it when you when you go through a five hour five hour period of finding out about a new person going to that city clearing out everything going through the dungeon then changing their heart and everyone's back to everyone's back to normal um it's really fun and i think the last thing i say about is that persona 5 character group i've got so invested in after like a hundred and whatever hours on the first game on on royal and then another 30 or 40 on this one it's um I got off of it and then like two or three days later playing Horizon, I was just like, I wonder what those those guys are up to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to know what those <laughs> characters are doing again because you kind of miss them. I've spent two years of my life following their their adventures. I, I kind of want Persona, the next Persona that gets, um, you know, announced should actually just be Persona 5.3, thanks. I'll take it. So Persona 6, you were Persona 5.3, not 8. Yeah. <laughs> Persona 6 won't follow the same characters then, I guess. Persona 6, in theory, would not follow the same characters. Although, okay. if anyone listening has played Persona 3, 4, or 5 like I have, they do look like the same group of people every time. Right. I think it's it's like one sort of silent hero, you know, three or three girls or three boys, they kind of fit, fit into the same social groups in high school every time. So there's like the jock, the nerd, and there's the, out of the girls, there's like a, a nerdy one and a, and a sporty you know models type one they're always in it and you've always make friends with the bad boy first and he's in persona 3 and he looks almost identical and i'm like do they just recycle it and then pretend it's different each time i don't know it's very strange oh well that was a yeah that was light-hearted everyone's happy by the end the end i like <laughs> yeah. that but did you find out if any of them are good at football and uh, no one's good at football no one plays football in the game it's that that striker's thing means nothing. Doesn't make any sense at all. Red herring. So confusing. So confusing. Um, Miles, 
you've been on a uh, review mission the last couple of weeks. I have. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks, to be honest. <laughs> um, can you... Is Multiverse, is that embargoed? It is, yes. So There's only one game that. that I've reviewed that I can talk about. Which Darn. Is okay, uh, good. <laughs> there are two other games I've reviewed. One of them is absolutely excellent. The other was not. But uh, I'll leave that to be discovered in the next mm. few days. Exciting. Um, just for the suspense. Um, so the one I can talk about is called Edge of Eternity, uh, which is a... Huh, I seem to have been a bit typecast for these recently. It's like a turn-based, ATB-style Final Fantasy 13 ish because um, you're a nerd, Miles, because you're a nerd. It is. I've just got to embrace it, really, haven't I? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it released originally, I think, in 2018. I think it was like either a Kickstarter or like an indie, like backed, you know, starting up from nothing kind of thing. It's a very small team that's made it. Um, and it's really quite ambitious. Like, if you imagine like every mechanical system that might be in like any other kind of JRPG, like this has it crammed in somewhere. Like, it's got crafting, it's got like multiple vendors, it's got like in scenes that you have. You know, like in Final Fantasy 15, if you like made a campsite or stayed somewhere, then you'd have like these interactions between your party members. Like it's got that stuff. Uh, it's got multiple side quests. It's got these big, open, expansive kind of landscapes to explore. Um, yeah, it's got hunts you can do. Like it's just got everything that you would want in a JRPG in some form. And the problem with that is, is that it's got so much in it, it all just kind of breaks apart somewhat but in like a really they've done their best to build a really massive game with not very much in terms of resources or budget and it kind of shows but equally you kind of just appreciate the fact of how much has gone into making this game the one thing i will say unequivocally the visual style of this game is absolutely amazing like i genuinely wish that these like concept artists or developers or whatever had had more money to make to just put in more polygons and make the graphics even stronger because the actual art direction is genuinely brilliant. Like I'd be wandering around and like I come across a new kind of expanse or place or castle or new place to visit or whatever. And like the colors that they use, the vibrancy of it, it's not one of those where it just saturates everything for the sake of it. Like the colors used really effectively to differentiate different zones and areas and enemy types. And there's just a lot of variety. And I really, really like that about it. It's ripped directly from most of the game reminded me of Final Fantasy 13, if anyone played that one, because it works in a very similar way of like the battle systems ATB style. So like each character has their own ATB like stamina bar and it kind of fills up as time goes forward. Once someone's is full, they can then do an action like moving or attacking, use an item, spell, whatever. Um, so the idea is you're trying to disrupt your opponents from being able to use their ATB while simultaneously trying to manage your own. Um and the nice thing about it is like the battles are quite diverse. So like boss battles will have different mechanics. Sometimes you'll have to run away from an enemy simultaneously while fighting off different ones. Sometimes it'll just be to survive. There'll be kind of cannons or turrets or kind of ballistas you can use on the battlefield or kind of buffs you can get and debuffs. So it was really kind of diverse. And I really enjoyed just actually messing around with the systems. There's a day and night cycle and a weather effect cycle. So like if you try to use an ice attack on someone in a desert, it wouldn't work. And then if you try to use lightning on someone in the rain, it's like doubly effective, that kind of stuff. There's just, there's so much to it. And the depth of it was really, really impressive. But it was, <laughs> the performance is really bad. Like if you're going into this, know that you're going to struggle your way through it because it's got like that constant thing that low budget open world games have where the game just stutters all the time. It feels like it's running at a frame rate of like 20, but it's not. It's just the fact that the game can't seem to keep up with itself. 
there's loads of texture pop in there's loads of like objects appearing out of nowhere as you get like three feet closer to them um like i said a lot of it feels quite kind of ripped from other games like there are these things called neckaroos which are effectively chocobos but they're cats instead of chickens i, I mean i don't know if a chocobo is based on a chicken but it always looked like one to me um and just a lot of it felt very kind of drawn very clearly from other jrpgs the story was a bit i'm imagining meh. like sorry i'm imagining like a cat bird yeah or do, you, or do you mean like a rideable cat so it's a rideable cat so you get okay. it and then you use it to traverse it's around got four it. legs rather than two chicken legs yeah it's got four legs okay. um so <laughs> it functions exactly the same as a chocobo it even makes similar noises it's just that it looks like a cat <laughs> instead yeah. <laughs> yeah um and they are very cute like they are cute little things and then you can like ride around on them and then they'll like smell out items for you so you can like direct them to someone they'll dig out like an item which is cool um but yeah, it just it kind of falls apart under its own weight a bit performance wise. The graphics aren't particularly impressive. The lip syncing is non-existent. Um, and like the voice acting for the two main characters is all right in places. And then you talk to like an NPC and it just sounds dire. Like you're just listening to it and it's like, I'm just going to skip this. I can't be asked. Um, just graphically, like when you get up close to basically anything, it just doesn't look very good but from afar like the landscapes and the environments look amazing um so yeah story-wise i wasn't particularly invested and i started just skipping through dialogue after a bit because i was a bit like mm, it's not really doing anything for me and it's quite cliche um but yeah there's a lot of appreciation for a game where such a small team of people have tried to build something that's way beyond the scope of what a team that size should be able to build and the fact that this game even works at all and is actually fun to play in the combat like for me, the gameplay is always the key thing and the actual act of doing combat and fighting things was really fun. And that's what made the game for me. So, you know, a lot of games fail on that where you want to skip combat encounters or just run past things. But in this one, I was quite happy to always engage with it, even if I didn't have to. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a good sign. If I'm actually wanting to combat things, then it must be a good system. So, yeah, it comes with caveats. Go into it with your eyes open. That It's not the, the smoothest, most polished uh, package you're going to play. But it's got a lot of heart and it's worth giving a go if you like JRPGs. It's on, it's on Game Pass as well, so you can play it for free oh, and, did, and then decide if it's shit. Yeah, and it's only 25 quid, which I was very surprised no, it's with. it's free. Oh, well, yeah, on Game Pass it's free. <laughs> it's free, yeah. Miles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is free on Game Pass. Um, if you are playing on PlayStation, it's only £25, which I was really surprised at because this is a game with like 50-ish easy hours worth of content minimum. Um so yeah, you're it's just no way well. triple A, isn't it? It's like a, it's like an A or a, a and a maybe half. a double A, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a push. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, it's worth giving a shout if you like JRPGs. It's worth looking at. Cool. What about you, Roscoe? You played anything else this week? Um, yeah, I've been getting into Dying Light Two. I've been really enjoying that. Actually, the first again, I haven't got very far in it because because uh, of life. But the opening two or three hours is absolutely fantastic. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm not so scared anymore. <laughs> like long time people who follow who's followed us from like PS Gamer when we reviewed the first Dying Light, um, will remember that it that it scared the shit out of me, um, big time. So much so that I I woke up like my neighbours and my girlfriend at the time, uh, screaming playing that game in the dark, which is a very stupid thing to do. Um, but no, it's kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's true. It happened. Okay, I mean, everyone knows it. Let's get over it. And um, yeah. The zombies are like at night, they're almost they're almost supernatural now. So the fear factor has kind of gone a little bit uh, because they're just they're kind of more sort of fantastical than they were before. So it's like it's not really scary, but it's just it is very unsettling. There's always that kind of 
feeling you're never really alone. But yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it so far. And um, the parkour is fantastic. Um, and it looks great. So yeah, all good for Dying Light 2. But mostly I've been playing um Destiny's two, Destiny 2's new DLC, The Witch Queen, which uh, which we've got a code for, which I'm very grateful for. Didn't didn't even have to ask, it just came along. Thank you very much indeed to those guys. Um I know I've reviewed the ones before, and so this is the very latest one. This is the biggest one they've done. The campaign they say is longer than the one that was actually in Destiny 2 when it came out. So this is a massive addition, um, along with all the raids and all the planets and stuff that it adds. And I'm having an absolute blast. I've not played Destiny 2 for a while, not since Shadowkeep, which is the last big DLC. Um, so once the DLC dies down and once I finish the campaign, I kind of leave it to sit and don't come back for a while. But yeah, the Witch Queen's really interesting. It's got that classic Destiny formula, you know, some planet-hogging aliens are taking over the planet and it's up to you and you alone to bring them down and it just keeps on happening over and over in all these DLCs. Um, it's tying in the story a lot more now. Um, the way that it works with each of the individual guardians and how they affect you kind of personally with the characters, they're kind of making a real effort to actually personify your character rather than him just being kind of like a silent, a silent shooter. So that's really interesting. Um, visually it's fantastic. Um, I love the field of, this is a weird thing, but I love the field of view options now in Destiny 2 to make it so wide and you can just see these beautiful gargantuan worlds and you know, the use of color that Bungie use in these games is always so fascinating. And it's a um, it's, it's it's a wonderful story to get into. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it so far. About halfway through, it's again, it's kind of destiny. You land on a planet, you shoot a bunch of aliens and then there's a big one at the end and you got to shoot them. But yeah, there was some nice little twists on this one and I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who is listening and wants to play it, but yeah, it goes down the road I was not expecting. And you'll have my review of that very, 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 very soon, hopefully, um, if I can pull myself away from Dying Light and Horizon. Um, I'm playing all three of these concurrently, which is a very stupid thing to do because they're all massive, but <laughs> having a good time nonetheless. Uh, maybe now is not the best time to get into Elden Ring, so maybe I should be patient for that. But um, yeah, Destiny 2, having a great time with it at last awesome yeah it's all good times um there isn't i mean we've missed like two weeks of news but there hasn't been massive ones because the games that have been released really have been the story for the last two weeks but something did pop up the other day which i thought i could bring to the table um we'll just very quickly go through this um fallout new vegas 2 is reportedly in very early talks at microsoft a sequel to fallout new vegas is in very early talks at microsoft according to a journalist um, this is uh, VGC, Mr. Jordan Miller, uh, says, quote, speaking on his premium giant bomb show, VentureBeat's Jeff Grubb claimed that the original developer, Obsidian, could create a sequel to the classic RPG, now that it's under the same roof as license holder Bethesda. This is very early, but people have begun to have talks and say these words in sentences, and those words are Obsidian and New Vegas 2. We're talking years and years away. There's at least an interesting conversation happening about making something like that actually a reality. A lot of people at Microsoft think that this could work, and there's a lot of interest to make it happen. Um, now, of course, Fallout New Vegas was out in, what, 2010, I want to say? Um, it was an action RPG developed by Obsidian, who are currently, of course, working on uh, The Outer Worlds 2 and uh, and a bunch of other things. It's interesting to see that Fallout New Vegas could be getting a sequel, purely because it feels like The Outer Worlds is almost like a spiritual sequel to Fallout New Vegas. But, um, yeah, how do we feel about this? 
Uh, Greg, did you play Fallout New Vegas? Would you like to jump back into that kind of world? Quite a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got into Fallout 3 when it came. I never really played the original ones, uh, just because I'm not a PC gamer. Uh, well, to that extent, anyway. Um, so when Fallout 3 was announced, I was looking forward to it. I bought the Lunchbox Edition, finished it a few times, and thought, yeah, it was cool. And then New Vegas came out, like, well, yeah, two years later, a year later, something like that, 18 months afterwards. And I put more time into that than any of them, really. I I didn't bother with Fallout 4 very much, couldn't get into it, but New Vegas was good. I think it was just, I don't know, a better polished game, the tone, the setting, and all that kind of stuff. And I played three of the four DLCs. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. I don't think I ever, like, 100%ed it, but you always... I mean, this is before I could be asked to have, like, a companion computer to have a look online to see what I'm missing and all that jazz. I just had fun without trying to take the fun out of it and find all the collectibles. So I would welcome a Fallout New Vegas 2, but it's not going to be Obsidian, is it? Sorry, try that again. It's not going to be Obsidian, is it? So it's going to be hard. People are going to want that level of... <laughs> I know it says about a Bethesda game, but that level of polish. Because um, Outer Worlds is good. Is it oh. going to try and mimic Outer Worlds style? Is it going to try and mimic New Vegas' style? Because people love New Vegas because Obsidian did a really good job on it. Yeah, I mean, um, the Outer Worlds 2 still feels like a couple of years away. Yeah, but do you think but, Obsidian aren't going to make Fallout New Vegas 2, surely? Because, well, do you think Bethesda would have them back? Well, I mean, like they said, now they're all under the same umbrella. It's it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's being discussed right now. Is so that Bethesda it? have to have them back? They just The IP is now owned by Microsoft. Obsidian is owned by Microsoft. Boom. You know, I suppose, then, yeah. But Bethesda don't need to tell it. Don't even need to be part of the conversation, yeah, but, really, do they? Well, I guess not. No, yeah, I didn't really consider that. So, yeah, maybe. Are you? Are you? Might... Are you throwing your microphone back and forth? Oh, sorry, I was playing with the base of it. Is it? Rec- sorry. Ah, uh, yeah. Boom, bidi, boom, bidi, boom, bidi, boom. Yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I was. I, I was spinning the base on it. Sorry. That's all right. I was wondering what that was. Uh, my bad. Um, would Obsidian want to come back if they're focusing on Outer Worlds too? I don't well, know. I mean, we're, 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 we're delving into hypotheticals now, so I don't yes, know. absolutely. But you have I to say, you know, into that, but... it could be something they do after Outer Worlds mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to to answer your question a bit more succinctly, because we've been wow, we've been talking a lot tonight. Um, I'd like to see New Vegas too. I'd be quite welcoming to it. But cool. uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the first New Vegas, which is a sequel to three. <laughs> Uh, Miles, same question. Yeah, I <laughs> I had a bad experience with New Vegas. I got an hour in and it crashed on me four times and it deleted my Ooh. save. And I was like, cool. Oh. When I got it, I think I got a day one back in the day. Uh, and then I, I managed to get a save that worked uh, and I played through. I finished it once and then I tried to go back to a previous save to do a different outcome and then <laughs> an important figure for was it the ncr i think it was the ncr um he was meant to be like the dam or whatever and i went to it and the quest marker was right there where he should be and he had just glitched out so at that point i went i'm done <laughs> so mm-hmm. i did manage to finish it once i really enjoyed what i played i absolutely adored fallout 3 i played all of the dlc for that one i finished that game for like as close to 100 as you probably can uh i did like two or three different playthroughs of it uh, I like the old style of Fallouts. Fallout 4 didn't do it for me. I didn't even finish this story because I just gave up, I think, about 30 hours in. 
Um, so I'd really like to see them go back to that, but I guess I wouldn't want it to just be a rehashed version of the same game because we still have the original New Vegas. So I think in some ways it might be good to have a new team come onto it to see actually what they'll do with it and if they can you know, bring something new to that, that old formula. And I think it would be nice to see a return to the proper RPG elements of Fallout because I think Fallout 4 deviated a lot from what made Fallout 3 and New Vegas so appreciated by the communities, you know, just in like the dialogue choices and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I think I'd I'd be interested in it, but it's so far away. It kind of feels like, yeah, I'd like to see it, but I'm not going to see it for at least a good few years. So I don't think yeah. I'd be getting too hyped for it at this point. Uh, no, yeah, it's not even a thing. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I like someone's just put it together. Obsidian, Bethesda. Wait a minute, that's it pretty much the sense. story. But it yeah. would make sense to do it once they're done with the uh, Outer Worlds too. Then they can always just move over to that one. But yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Tobes, did you play Fallen New Vegas? Uh, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I, uh, no I, I, I really, whatsoever. <laughs> really like the Outer Wilds, but um, Outer Worlds. I never Outer Worlds. Sorry, never got into um, Fallout. Fallout Three really did me in, and then I never played any others. I'm amazed that Miles gave up after thirty hours. Yeah, thirty hours is a weird place to give up. It's well, not even Fallout a- Four. Yeah, it was just crap. It just sucked. Like I got yes, but you find that out after five minutes. (laughs) But I didn't. I was like, I love Fallout Three though, so I was like, surely I'm gonna love this. I just need to persevere. And then I got like three quarters of the way through the story, and I was like, no, I'm fucking done. (laughs) I think it was because again, a a specific NPC either kept dying from where I'd saved or had glitched out, and so I couldn't progress again. I I did. I, I did hear that New Vegas was like notoriously glitch ridden oh, like mate, absolutely it, was, it goes down as one of the top 10 most glitch ridden games it was a fucking mess it crashed on me so many times deleted my save like twice it yeah. was it was horrendous it's amazing i even managed to finish the game to be honest so when people go oh they could make a sequel to this game i'm like really why why are you bothering <laughs> it's because it like shit. <laughs> when it worked it was an incredible game and the storytelling and all the side quests and the the vault stories in particular were really really good in new vegas probably better than fallout 3s um but the game just ran like absolute shit like i just i don't know what they were doing with that engine but it was busted man it was broken we'll have to see it's going to be like five years away isn't it? like minimum don't you think? Yeah. yeah it's going to be a way off yet I'm amazed at this, Miles. This is the man who got the world's first platinum in <laughs> that bloody game. I can't remember the name of. Uh, oh, Academia, yeah. VR Broom Racing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. VR Broom Racing. That was it. Yeah. That's the one. That's, yeah. That's the one. In fairness, yeah. I did platinum Fallout 3. So I'll, I'll take that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, then. Let's get into. Let's uh, Yeah. We have Greg is right. We have talked a hell of a lot. Let's uh, wrap this up with um, out this week. And out this week, it's it's a again another stacked old week. Uh, March the first, we do have Shadow Warrior three coming out to Xbox One, PC, and PlayStation. Of course, the first game going day one to PlayStation now. Maybe an indication on Sony's future plans. Who knows? But if you have PS now, you can play Shadow Warrior three on Tuesday. How about that? Uh, Elex LX two miles is it Elex or LX? I've been calling it Elex. I've just okay. gone on that. <laughs> Elex 2 is out on March the 1st. You can see our coverage of that this week on Fingerguns.net. Um, a musical story is also coming out on March the 2nd. I have also been playing that. Um, I haven't mentioned it because I can't talk about it yet. Uh, but that is coming out on March the 3rd on Switch and March 2nd on PS5 and PS4. So don't 
Uh, don't miss that one. Babylon's Fall is coming out to PC and PS4 on March the 3rd. There is a demo for that right now on PlayStation. So if you do want to go check it out, then yeah, that is the place to do it. I might try the demo out. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. It doesn't look amazing, but... Uh, it looks like Godfall. Like, I might try the demo and then just not be not be bothered at all. Did you download the free um, Godfall PS yeah. Plus thing? played that for a whole half hour. Mm, it's not it's not great, was it? It wasn't great. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the end game as well. So you were fully powered. And yeah, yeah no, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that special. Uh, March the 4th, of course, another massive release of PlayStation. Gran Turismo 7 lands this week. It looks very, very shiny. I know Sean is super hyped for that one. So yeah, GT is back. And I expect very big things from that. And of course, March the 4th, get ready, Tobes. Triangle Strategy comes to the Switch. Triangle Strategy, the best named game ever. ever. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just go with the working title. Fuck it. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Indeed. What do we got? Yeah, fuck it. Let's keep it. Um, Looks just as pretty as um, uh, the first one, but uh, who knows? We shall see. So pretty, but I bet it's a grindy grid based hell. Hellscape. That's exactly what it's going to be. And March the 4th, of course, What Lies in the Multiverse, which is a game I cannot wait to play. Mars been playing it all week, and I'm very jealous. I can't wait to see what he thinks of it. I can't wait to talk about it. That review will also go up this week. I'm super hyped for that. When the hell am I going to play it? I have no idea, but I'm very excited for it to come out. Uh, Yeah, and that's a lot this week. Again, another big week. Man, we are so stuffed at this part of the year. But that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. Normal service-ish probably will be resumed next week with all your quizzes and your recommendations and whatnot. But thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you do want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below if you do want to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do at F-N-G-R-G-N-S. And if you want to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below except for miles of course he's smart and not on twitter if you really like what we do you want to follow our patreon for one dollar a month that works out at about 73 pence right now you can follow us on patreon and keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny but that's it thank you very much indeed for listening it is goodbye from eldon greg farewell it is goodbye from tobids in west <laughs> Nicely done. I got it. Sayonara. <laughs> it's goodbye from uh, Miles. See you later. He's got COVID. We'll let him off. Yeah. And uh, it is goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Just, just keeping Miles away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Greg. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs>